Bonjour, I'm Valérie Jardin, the host of Street Focus, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the Cashfly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with Cashfly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Photomatix, the easiest way to create stunning HDR photos. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by the brand new TWIP School. You can check it out at school.thisweekinphoto.com. This is TWIP, episode 476. Gotta catch them all. Sacramento-based fashion photographer Tim Engel announces his love of the Pokemon hunt. Also, Nikon has revealed a brand new 105 f1.4 lens that's sure to grab portrait photographers' attention. Also, Fujifilm updates its popular Instax Share instant printer. And Microsoft releases a new app loaded with artificial intelligence. Microsoft says this new smart app is designed to help you take even better photos with your iPhone. Quote, it's like having a professional photographer in your pocket. End quote. It's Monday, August 1st, 2016, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson, here to discuss a few of the more interesting stories, disturbing photographers this week. I'm joined by Mr. Tim Engel and Mr. Craig Colvin. Hey, guys. Welcome hey, to the Frederick. Show. How are you doing? My two good buddies. I've shot with both of you guys. I feel like this is, you know, it's like family reunion going on here. I know we should all three then get together and shoot. That's right. We need to do that. Absolutely. I suggest we go up We're to Tim Engel Studios. Can... No, we could. Both of you guys have studios. You, Craig, right. you have a studio in San Jose, and right. Tim, you have one in uh, in Sacramento. Right. We'll do one there, one here. Yeah, let's do it. I'm the odd man out without a studio. I do have a garage though, so we could. We can use my garage. It might All be right. slightly less warm than uh, someone's studio. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. Sacramento is not known for its its frigid temperatures in, in uh, July. That's no. for sure, man. I, yeah. I'm leaving my air-conditioned studio next week. Uh, I have a new studio without air conditioning, so I'm not looking Uh-oh. forward to that part. Yep. See, Uh-oh. he's joining my my gang. Yeah. The the shoot in the winter months gang, right? Exactly. <laughs> Cool. Wait, well, most of Craig's models don't have any clothes on anyway, so it's okay, right? They, so. they, they're fine. I'm the one that's, yeah, dripping in sweat. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll leave that right there. All right. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, so, so, Tim, I was just up in your studio, uh, yep. what was it, two weeks ago? A week and a half ago or yeah, something two like weeks that. ago, something like that, yeah. We were doing a shoot for a friend of mine up there, and you, uh, which you did a fantastic job, by the way. She's thank you. very happy with the photos. And uh, you, I got to call you out, man. I got to call you out. Because we we took a break to go get some refreshments for the crew. And guess what Tim Engel was hunting on the way to the store to get the refreshments? Tim, what were you hunting? Was I hunting for good locations? No, I think you were were hunting for a Pokemon of some sort. Oh, that's right. That one time I opened the app and tried it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that one time. The coolest, these cool photographers are like, yeah, it is like the epitome of the cool fashion shooter, and he's searching for Pokemon. I'm like, you know, this is end times right now. This is end times. Well, there is all of that time between, like, hair and makeup and shoot, so... <laughs> you like the dude surrounded by beautiful women hunting for virtual characters. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, his studio may be a pokey stop, so he can just sit there and they There's come to one him. close, so I have to get there my extra go. pokeballs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have to. Uh, I have not jumped on that bandwagon. I don't know if I will, but uh, you know, I'm I'm intrigued because people that are smarter than me, like Tim Ingle and lots of other people I know, are on that bandwagon. So there's got to be something to this Pokemon thing that I'm missing. Well, and I have a friend who is a photographer who is a great studio shooter and has started walking and lost seven pounds. You know, you could you could lose seven pounds by walking without playing Pokemon, though. Why? But, but it got him out. It's so. like a horse. It's like a horse with a carrot on a stick in front of his nose. Like you could just you could just walk. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't need the so, carrot, man. Whatever it takes to get people out of the house, I'm fine with. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Americans I, need I that, that for sure. We definitely need more more motion. Well, welcome to the show, Tim Ingalls. Good to have you on. Man. Great to be back. And friend of mine that hasn't been on in forever like the groundhog he only comes out every now and then sees a shadow goes back underground mr craig colvin what's going on man oh well like i said uh i'm uh, life changes are going on i'm i've been selling my uh my brick and mortar business and i'm actually uh going to do full-time photography coming up in a couple weeks here so that's really cool yeah. and we're doing some stuff together too that we haven't talked about yet so we have not yep Looking yep. forward to doing that. So I'm going to have time to do that. So, yeah. Uh, That's cool. So part of, part of the process is I have to move my studio in the next couple of weeks. And uh, so that's keeping me just consuming all my time. That's good. Ch-ch-ch yeah. changes, right? That's yeah. right. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, speaking of changes, what a segue. That was just like, that was a professional podcaster's segue right there. Until wow. you commented on it. Yes. <laughs> It was <laughs> until you shine. You shined a light on your brilliance. It was then brilliant. You <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Well, story number one is about Nikon revealing quote the pinnacle of portrait primes, the one hundred five millimeter one point four E. So uh, we have a Nikon shooter over on here, the show over right here. now, right over there. I know you saw yeah. this lens, man. I mean, and you shoot. Don't you? What do you? What's your your go to Nikon lens, Tim? It right now, it actually for the Nikon lens, it's the eighty-five. Okay, what is it? One eight, one point eight. Um, and, and you then, do miracles with that thing. Like watching your watching your Instagram feed is just like, and most of the shots are done with that lens, right? Well, right now, actually, it, it was probably eighty percent the eighty-five, and then it started to rotate when I got that Sigma thirty-five one four, mm, mm-hmm. and that thing is. Well, between those two lenses, those are the only two lenses right now I use. I have the 2470, and that's only in commercial type stuff when I'm in an environment that I just don't know what I'm going to face. Mm-hmm. But for people, that 35-1.4 and that 85, the 85 has been the go-to forever. It's a, it's just that lens I love. But, but literally, like people that have like like shelves of lenses behind them, <laughs> right? Yep. You do you move mountains and do miracles and cause women to cry with just two lenses, right? Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried. With just two lenses. So, okay, is there going to be a third with this 105, 1.4 ED? First of all, tell us about, tell the, for the people that don't know about this lens that shoot Nikon, they're like, okay, tell us about that lens. Tell us what is, what's, what is this lens and what's magical about it. Well, I think the biggest thing is that it's 1.4. I mean, it's designed to be the portrait lens. I mean, I haven't dove into the exact like, construction of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started drilling over the pictures and didn't get much further. Yeah. Um, well, mean, let, me I, read, let me read some from the article here. It says... Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, okay, so it's a it is a brand new entry into Nikon's legacy of 105 millimeter lenses. Uh, it is like you said, it's 1.4 G, 
Outstanding image quality, beautiful bokeh in a variety of situations. Extra low dispersion. That's what the ED means. Um, It's got a nano crystal coat on it. And it has an ultra silent silent, or a silent wave motor autofocus system that quickly, quote, quickly and accurately locks onto subjects with full time manual override. To uh, to make adjustments to focus as you need. So yeah, you know, I mean, it sounds like there's nothing revolutionary about it for the most part, unless I'm missing something. Other than that, this is a it's probably a really knowing Nikon, they know how to build glass, right? So this is probably a tank. It's beautiful, and you get it. You're gonna like have to bring a napkin to dab your lip, you know, because you're gonna be salivating, and yep. you know, and that 1.4, right? Yeah, I have the 105 micro. Hmm. And I, I have that one too, and honestly, yeah. and it's a cool lens. But honestly, I, I love the look of that lens. It's just like uh, I haven't shot with it. In it yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Or the, yeah. the lens hood, but it's like I've shot with it twice this year. Uh, and yeah. so, and, and I got it because I had a, a client that required micro stuff um, two years ago, and it was easy. It was cheaper to buy it over the run of the year than it was to rent it. Mm. But I haven't pulled it out since then, and I, it made me tempted to pull it out. But it's like, I mean. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to rotate my lenses. I'm going to push the 105 micro in the next month kind of away and sell that mm-hmm. and then put that in the bank for the uh, the 105 portrait. Because I'll there use the go. portrait lens way more. I mean, the micro just doesn't do it. And it's a, that's a heavy lens. Yeah, it 105 is. micro is a heavy lens. Yeah, every time I shoot with you and I look at your kit and I, I like hold your camera, it's like <laughs> like that that is like it feels like a Mars rover or something, you know, compared to compared to the cameras that I'm I'm used to shooting. Although with. you commented the D, the 810 with the 35 fixed wasn't that heavy, right? Yeah, because I had I, we compared that one to my what did I have with me the Lumix, the, uh, Lumix, G, the bigger one, the yeah. GH4 with the battery grip on it, and I had the Noctocron 42.5 on it so side by side they were comparable the lumen is still a little bit smaller but they were comparable in yeah. size yeah so, so weight wise as well yeah yeah oh, really? weight wise as well with the 810 yeah i mean mm-hmm. i don't and i intentionally didn't put a grip on that because i just didn't want the bulk on that one mm-hmm. and yeah it's like in the battery for what i do it's like that battery goes plenty long enough yeah yeah Craig, Craig, what are you what are you shooting these days? Canon, uh, Canon, uh, yeah, yeah like 5D Mark III, um, and yeah, I use the 85, their 85 uh, portrait lens a lot, uh, and then I use the 70 to 200. Those uh, are your two. As, those are your two go tos. Those are my my primary portrait lenses. Yeah. Do, do you um, ever do you ever find the need to shoot wide? Um, I. I do have a 24 to 70 if I'm shooting outdoors. In the studio, I, I'm using 85 or the, the 70 to 200. If I'm outdoors, I will use a 24 to 70. Hmm. And why the zoom? Is the zoom just to give you the flexibility? Because I know, you know studios are limited in space, so that the zoom gives you the flexibility to, to get closer if you need to without right, stepping right. Well, closer. Well, I, I don't typically do just, you know, my, my portraits can be anywhere from a headshot to full body. And so I like having that range uh, without having to run all, all the way across the studio. Yeah. So. yeah. I agree. Well, my, my go-to lens is that, uh, and, you know, you guys know I shoot micro four-thirds, and the uh, my favorite lens is that 42.5 Noctocron F1.2. It is, uh, that's the lens I had with me when I came up there, Tim. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a beautiful lens. It just, and the, look, with, the, with the crop, that's equivalent to an 85, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so it is, and, yeah. And yeah. looking at the two the samples, I mean, you saw what I did, and then I mean, we shot with some of your camera. I mean, mm-hmm. how did they compare on their sharpness? Very similar, very yeah. similar. 
Yeah, very similar. And people, you know, the myth of, hey, Micro Four Thirds, such a small sensor, the optics don't allow you to get, you know, the blurry backgrounds or the bokeh. Not true. Not true. Especially with a lens like this, shooting wide open, it's like, it's it's a thing of beauty. I love it. Well, I don't know. This is this is cool. So, uh, Tim, are you going to consider this 105? Yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, I have it. I'm, I totally would consider replacing it if it's going to give me a more usable 105 than what I have now, for sure. Um, cool. My next, I think, purchase still is gonna, actually the Sigma 50. Mm. I, I pulled my 50 out and did a comparison and was, it's just, I, I didn't realize how old that lens was getting and how it just was not as sharp as it used to be. Yeah. I think I wore it out. I mean, I've had the 50 almost as long as my 180. I have a 180 fixed and it's 18 years old. But see, that's awesome. I love to talk to photographers that, that have gear that's been worn to death. That is that's awesome. I mean, that's the sign of a good photographer when you shoot your stuff so much that it falls apart. <laughs> you know, that's... Well, when I show up to my son's football game with the 180 fixed and I shoot the entire game on my D4 with the 180 and then I just crop after that for him and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Craig, you got any, any aspirations to upgrade your kit anytime soon? Or are you good to go with what you have? I'm, I'm actually very happy with it. I've, I've, uh, I used to be changing lenses every couple months, it seems like. And uh, I've, I've been locked into this for about a year now, and I'm, I'm quite happy with it. Yeah. yeah try, try hosting a show like Twip and, and well, resist yeah, getting new stuff. You know? <laughs> well, I get new stuff. No, I, it's just not, just the lenses are all good. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. That's one of the reasons I'm in Micro Four Thirds because I can keep the lenses and just keep switching out the bodies, you know, with there different you go. bodies. Yeah. Craig, no, on your like fine art stuff, I was looking at some other samples the other day from somewhere else of the, uh, the Lomo, what's this, the brass lens. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, I have, I've shot. Briefly, I, I shot for about an hour uh, with one of those once. Very, very interesting look to it. Yeah. What is that? I haven't heard of that. The Lomo brass lens. I just Googled well, it. Well, it's not the name brass lens. I don't know the... It, yeah, well, it, a, it is. A it's made of brass. brass lens. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at The whole at thing, it looks brass. It look. I mean, it, it looks like it should be a part of a steampunk uh, yeah. type. <laughs> uh, right. Right. Um, but it... Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting lens. Is that it? Is that, I'm sharing it on the screen. Is this the... Is that what we're talking about? Is it the Pivotal or... I think it's the name. Is it Pivot? I'm not seeing it. That thing looks... Oh, yeah. Looks, yeah, there yep. you go. Yeah, that's that's interesting, huh? And what's what's magical about this lens other than the fact that it, it's brass? Um, well, it gives a, a... It gives kind of a unique... I don't know how to say... Well, it, it has a little bit of vignetting to it. Uh, the one I did... Um, the uh, and it gives kind of a little bit of distortion around the edges that makes it look uh, it. It's like a bokeh that, that it does kind of, but a little. Is it is it yeah. is it like a brass lens baby? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's better than a lens baby. Oh, for I think. Sure, yeah. They, they, yeah, the images images are are much more of the images in focus. Looking at this lens, I mean, this is this is the this is like bait for people to ask you about your camera like, <laughs> oh for sure this is like serious photo attack, walk attack. bling right here man you go to a photo walk with your chest hanging out you know that's right and my brass lens <laughs> you should get like a brass chain to to you know chain camera strap to go with it and you know just kind of walk up like flavor flavor nice i like it I yeah know. i want to try i actually want to try one of those i've seen some good results from it and i'm anxious to try one get it what do they cost you know uh, around six hundred dollars. Yeah, pocket change. Get it? <laughs> yeah. 
$600. Frederick. Every time I talk to Frederick, hey, look what I got. Get it. <laughs> hey, I don't say get it. I just say, look what I got. And then you go get it. <laughs> Speaking of which, are you still shooting with your, with your Osmo? Yeah, and I'm excited to test the new update. Yeah, he made you does. get one too? Yeah, yes. he did that to me. <laughs> well, I so, can't, it's my reality distortion uh, field, man. I can't help it. So they updated it. Supposedly now the Facebook feed to it, the live feed, is much smoother. So I have yet to test that. It updated, I think, a couple days ago. Cool. I didn't even know about that update. I'll have to download that. Any other? Uh, yeah, I need. To, I wonder what features they added. Huh. Cool. I used it. I went to the uh, redwoods this weekend, and actually, I used it for stills on the beach, and actually in the redwoods. And uh, I really like actually some of the stills that that Osmo does. It's yeah, kinda, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of cool. I mean, I posted one that was just kind of a sand dune and sky, and it's a good shot. Yeah, yeah, excellent. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, are you looking for a solution to print photos on demand from your phone while you're on the go? Well, Fujifilm has recently updated their portable printing solution with the release of the SP2. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Photomatics. Photomatics Pro is the industry-leading software for HDR photography, offering a wide range of effects from the most natural-looking to highly artistic and surreal, along with the best in alignment of handheld photos, advanced ghost removal, and much more. Are you new to HDR photography? Well, you should check out Photomatics Essentials. It's for those that are new to this technique. It's got a simplified workflow and built-in guidance for bracketing your images, and it still has the strength of Photomatics. And brand new to the Photomatics lineup is Photomatics OneShot. It's an extension for Apple Photos that adds Photomatics magic to single exposures. Download your free trial today. The trial does not expire and it just adds a Photomatics watermark to the final image. It's perfect for getting your feet wet and trying out the technique everyone has been talking about. HDRsoft.com has video tutorials and other resources to help you get started. Just head over to HDRsoft.com and click on download. That's hdrsoft.com and click on download. Photomatics Pro, it's the easiest way to create stunning HDR photos. All right, guys, the SP2 from Fujifilm. It's the Instax Share SP2. I have one of these. I have the SP1. SP stands for smartphone. So it is a little Bluetooth, or actually it's Wi-Fi. It's a little Wi-Fi printer that runs on batteries that takes little film cartridges or, or print paper cartridges that you can then print to from your phone while you're in the field. And I'm told, I don't have one, but I'm told if you have a Fuji camera, you can print directly from your camera to the printer, which is what? not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. This is by far, I think I bought my, my SP1 in 2015, 2014, and it is by far one of the, my favorite accessories you know one of the favorite accessories that you don't really need but you want it it's like the perfect gift for a photographer because you go out you make these prints and you give them to people you could take a photo of somebody with your phone or your food or something at dinner and show them or even send it to them or post it on instagram but when you make a print and scribble something on it and hand it to them it's a whole different level of joy it is it's indescribable have you have, craig have you seen these the the uh, instax printers i have well i've, I've seen yours too you and watched you print from it uh, the sp1 yeah. i um i haven't seen the sp2 yet but i i love the idea uh i i really you know we're losing the you know prints with all this digital today and mm-hmm. there's something about holding that physical print that that makes it different and makes you you know you feel you relate to it differently 
Um, so I love the idea of, of encouraging more printing and getting, you know, getting prints in people's hands, even though it is just a little bitty print. Uh, it, there's something intriguing about that. I, I yeah. encourage that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not seeing, a, I'm, you know, looking at this, the, the update, I'm not seeing a whole lot of internal changes to it. I'm sure they, you know, made everything better, you know, knowing Fuji. Uh, but it's more of an industrial design change because yeah, the, the old... form factor looks better. Yeah, yeah it, it it looks better, and yeah, the, I, but I didn't hate the old one, you know, because it's like it's not like you see it all the time. It's like you pull it out, you make a print, you put it back in your bag. So. Right. So uh, I think this would be great for street photography. I I, I don't do a lot of uh, people photography when I do street photography, but sometimes I do, and I always end up giving them my card and say, you know, I will send you a, a photo. And being able to just print it out right there would save that step, save a lot of hassle. Yeah. Now, t- Tim, what about you, man? Have you have you played around with these at all? I'm, I played around with one a while back, and was it's fun to use. I like the idea, and it, as, as when we shoot right now, um, I'll do iPhone shots, kind of like during the shoot, and I let the models or whoever it is, like you know, upload those iPhone shots, and they can put them on their Instagram or whatever. And I love the idea of then a takeaway. People like that tangible um, little takeaaway. And, you mm-hmm. know, with, you know, combined with like the Hipstamatic app on my phone, um, I can make some pretty cool stuff just with that. And being able to print it would be cool. Yeah. You, you have an abuse problem with Hipstamatic, man. I've seen you. You like, <laughs> you need a Hipstamatic intervention or something. <laughs> no, these, these are cool. You know, it's, uh, and you know, it, it, People will say, well, you know, it's great, but then how much is a paper and all that? And the paper, it's not really that expensive. The, the, a box of film or paper um, is about $20 for a two-pack, and that gives you how many in there? 15 uh, or what 10, 10. 10. Yeah, you get 10. So, you know, come on, two bucks a piece, I guess, you know. And well, you no, can get them a, cheaper. That's a two-pack. So you oh, okay, so a dollar each. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So a dollar each. Done. There you go. And I, I actually found you, if you buy them in bulk on Amazon, you can get them much cheaper than that too. Like if you buy bulk multi packs of it, you can get it. You can really cheap get it really cheap on Amazon. And of course, in the back in the film days, I used to shoot the the Polaroid back to test light. Mm. And I used and I used and it was a buck. Of, it was a buck a pull then. Yeah. I mean, I actually used to charge two bucks a pull, but it was a buck a pull. <laughs> And um, I used to give those to, like, the clients to take away. So, really, it's kind of the same concept other than it's not coming from my camera directly, yeah. like the iPhone. Yeah. I was at someone's house, uh, I think it was last year or so, and they had one of these printers, probably several of them, and they were building a wall, like, photo by photo, an entire wall covered in Instax prints. Oh my God, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it was kind of cool. So basically all their Instagram shots, they were printing and putting on the wall, you know, one by one. It's so you could like look from left to right and see the chronology of kind of their life over the past couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah. cool. Was that, was that uh, Joseph Ledaski? He does something, everyone who visits his studio, he does a photo Oh no, of it, them. it wasn't Joseph, but yeah, he does okay. do that, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. an expensive wall. It is. It is, but it's expensive but cheap at the same time because it's priceless when you think about it, right? Sure. In the end, when you fill up that wall, you can't really recreate that wall because you know. I mean, you save the images. That's the cool thing about the Instax. You can the images are on your phone versus with a regular Polaroid. Sure. You take the shot and that's it. That's it. You don't one have a digital. You know. Yeah, you're one but, and done. Yeah, one and done. But these are these are cool. I don't know, Craig. You gonna you gonna buy this? You guys gonna buy this thing? I'm in. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I think I will. I, I like the idea and the concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, Frederick says uh, bye. I say bye. Yeah. So two hundred bucks. There's man. not a buy button in the show notes. Hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, that links to your associate account, so you get exactly. Yeah. I mean, That's right. Amazon <laughs> yeah. associate account. Yeah, I could make enough to buy what? Probably enough to buy my printer. There you go. There you go. I buy something every time I'm on the show. Uh, I know. Well, this time I'm buying something because this thing looks pretty cool. I may have to get it. I like it. Next visit, you get to bring it. All right. I will, if I order it, I will bring it. Okay. That. All right, guys, let's move on to the next story. This story comes to us from Craig Colvin. <laughs> Craig, oh. Craig, <laughs> Craig, nice. Craig Colvin, I'm going to blame you for this story, man. So Microsoft Picks. Craig, tell us about Microsoft Picks. What is this thing? Uh, so I haven't actually played with it yet. I just uh, read about it. It is a Uh-oh. new disclaimer. app. Yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> it is uh, an app for uh, the, the Microsoft has released for the uh, in the App Store for the iPhone, and it uh, is they they claim it uses artificial intelligence to improve your images that come out of your phone. Uh, it takes up a, a, a multiple frames um, and will. Uh, look at the frames to see if there's any motion and eliminate any frames that had motion in it. Try to capture the frame that has still, uh, you know, the subject is the most still. Uh, it will do automatic adjustment, exposure adjustment and all that after the fact. Um, and some of the samples they have, that definitely the images are an improvement over the standard uh, iPhone image. Yeah. I mean, do you think, is, is it enough? To like make me want to change because look, looking at this, there's there's an app from um, Athen Tech called Perfectly Clear, uh, and it does some of this automated. Let me make the decisions for you on exposure, detects faces. It has a Lightroom plugin so that you can you can you can fix certain aspects of photos, and it will intelligently find the faces and fix those defects over a series of photos you know so that you, like if you if you change the eyes on someone or fix eyes it will it will replicate that change across any number of photos without you having to go into each one and find the eyes you know so i i'm a i'm a big fan of that and on the iphone they have an app where is it i have it on my iphone it's called uh lucid it's also from perfectly clear it does a lot of the stuff that their lightroom plugin does and it uh I think it uses some of the same code base as the Lightroom plugin, but it does magical stuff. Like if, you know, teenage girls find out about Lucid, they will never post another photo that has not been processed through Lucid because it is beautiful. It'll go in, make your eyes a little bigger, clean up your skin, but not too much. It'll, if your face is too fat, it'll squeeze it down. If it's too skinny, it'll blow it up, you know. Jeez. Yeah. and, and And it's tastefully done changes it's not like snapchat heavy-handed stuff it's like you know you can't tell that that the uh that the work has been done with this app so yeah i would definitely check that out but i'm happy like microsoft is jumping in and doing stuff like this too this is uh right any anybody that's moving the ball forward or trying to i think is right always a good thing i agree i agree look at this even their site is really cool go ahead microsoft (laughs) look at that yeah very un-microsoft like yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Look at that. Comparing live image. So they have your live image technology, which animates, does basically animated GIFs or cinemagraphs, and they're going head to head with the Apple camera. Look at that. Right. And it, right, it does that automatic. So you can say, I would like it to 
you know, show the motion and it will automatically do it as opposed to the ones where you, you have to paint in what areas you would like to have oh, motion in. That, okay, now I got to download it. Okay. That <laughs> is cool. Okay, Craig, you win. You right. win. <laughs> I knew you there was something yourself. cool about it. I just couldn't remember what it was. They buried the lead. Why they put that feature way at the bottom of the page above the social share links? <laughs> All this other stuff is like, yeah, everybody else does that. And then they put the cool thing way at the bottom right at of the, the bottom. Page. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely get that. That's cool. Yet another app to put on my phone next to Pokemon Go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. That's. Cool. I think you need to try the Pokemon Go because, as you said, you're obviously missing something. I'm missing something, or well, and you're you know, across the street from a park, I think, aren't you? I am. I am. Yeah. So I don't know. I know that that park is designed for drone flight. So that's when when I go to that park, the DJI Phantom 3 goes with me and I, you know, fly around. Although, what if they did a mod for Pokemon Go that worked with the drone so that you could get flying Pokemon? That's right. That'd be badass. <laughs> you, you could dogfight. That would awesome. be killer. Right? Well, if you, if you could <laughs> capture them, you could just put your phone on your drone and fly to these spots instead of walking there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or that too. Well, your your phone is already connected, or your tablet well, or whatever right. is connected yeah. to your controller, right? So, well, one of the hacks is that you're supposed to walk to get to hatch eggs. Oh God! Well, <laughs> you want to? So you can just hook Tim, it to the hook it Tim, to the. Drum. I have to. I'm sorry, man, but I have to remind you that you are in fact a grown ass man. So you. Can't. Yes, Frederick. Yeah, you can't. You can't. And you're I, a fashion I, photographer. I, 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 I know, I know plenty of people older than he is that are playing Pokemon. I know, Go. me too. I'm just giving him crap. Yeah, yeah. I know, but you know, no offense. But Pokemon Go clearly, you know, I there was a there was a uh, God. What was the name of that game that was out from Google prior to Pokemon Go that essentially uses the same engine? Um, God, I forget. It, it, it's something with an N. I can't remember it, but it was it was a little bit too complicated. But it was the same kind of thing where you actually search around in the real world and find things and battle and all that stuff so but it's the same company that built that created the pokemon gold mine and you know changed the world which is which is interesting something that was old and not that successful comes back and it's all new again look at that right there you go comes back uh, with, like gangbusters jeez the vengeance yeah right? it's just that's uh, just... it was called inverness ah yeah was it called inverness i n I-N-V-E, yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. yep. All right. All right, guys, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a question from one of the TWIP army. I'd like to formally invite you to check out the brand new TWIP school. You've learned so much from the amazing TWIP hosts and guests over the years. Now, within the TWIP school, you can continue that learning and dive deeper on a variety of photographic and business topics. There are already several great courses to choose from in the school, and we will be adding new courses often. Right now, you can learn about fashion photography from Lucas Passmore, Final Cut Pro 10 for photographers, and time lapse with Lee Herbert, marketing for photographers with Zach Prez, and even time travel for photographers with yours truly. And to kick things off, you can check out the school today with a course that we've made available for free for a limited time only. And that's Five Habits of Highly Effective Photographers. It's an inspirational course designed to help you get more done and stay focused. So head over to the brand new TWIP school now at school.thisweekinphoto.com. That's school.thisweekinphoto.com. 
All right, guys. Periodically on this week in photo, we answer questions and respond to feedback that has come in from our army, the Twip Army. This week we have a question from Joseph Burns, and Joseph says, and uh, Tim, I'm going to let you answer this one first. He says, "I'm wondering if anyone has any insight as to how to calculate how much to charge for, or how much to charge for a commercial client, for example." If I do a product photo for a company, knowing they will be using it for an ad or website and will be making money over and over again on that one photo, do you charge extra for that? I've broken down the cost of doing business, cost of goods, although I don't charge our league, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, he goes into detail about it. But the gist of the, the, the nexus of that question is, do you charge – how much do you charge or how do you figure out pricing for commercial clients? And is it based on usage – in other words, if they're going to just use it once on a billboard and it's over, or are they going to be using it as part of an ongoing ad campaign? Do you charge more for that? Tim, what do you think? Um, the first step I think he did right was calculating what his what it takes hourly to function. Because mm-hmm. um, that's that was kind of my original approach was what it is hourly, and then I just kind of like I know that it, you know a full day for me is you know eight hours, and then eight hours times whatever the hourly rate is, and that's kind of where I'm at. And then if they buy a half day, it's slightly greater than if you just split it in half. So it's more conducive to buy a full day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you use the day rate model. You don't. Well, do you do you charge based on who the client is? Like, for example, if Bob's Bob's Tire Repair down the street hires you, do you charge them a different rate than if Google approaches you? No, no, I. It's no, I don't. Um, but it could cost more in production. It may cost more to execute the Google shot because they're going to have to back up model releases, you know, and have pro models and they're going to have to have permits because of the location they're at and they're going to have to have insurance and security. So the production cost may be greater. My day rate's the same, but the production part's going to be greater. So Bob's tire just needs, you know, Bob and his tire. Yeah. And there's no releases and it's going to be much less in production for that kind of stuff. Um, and you for your day rate, do you you just have like a, a full day and half day rate, or do yeah, you yeah full it day down? half day, and then I do have an hourly. If it goes beyond the day rate, then it rolls to the hourly at that point. Okay. So if we're going beyond eight hours, then we're rolling into an hourly. It's like okay, and I come to the client, and say we're now past the original discussed time. If we're going to stay longer, it's going to be that which we discussed before. Shall we continue? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So do you don't take into account then what it's going to be used for. So you don't license the image, the resulting it, images. I have in certain cases. Locally and the things that I do, it really is not. It's, you know, from a corporate or PR or um, small ad stuff, I don't. Um, if it's a worldwide ad, then we get into the discussion of that. Um, I have licensed some stuff in the past. Uh, you have a standard contract for, for everyone or do you have different contracts for different I actually uses? use, uh, I use Blink Bid. Blink Bid? Blink um, bid. Oh, yeah. And then that's my software. And they actually have an online version. I'm still one, my, you know, my Mac based software. Um, and then I have all my numbers into that. Plus my kind of legal mumbo jumbo that, yeah. uh, and then I just, what about, you know, what, a, so here's a, here's a, a slight tangential question to okay. this. So what about model releases? Do you, we, I did a show with, uh, you know, Jack Resnicki and, and Ed Greenberg about Ed's a lawyer, Jack's a photographer, and they wrote a book called The Copyright Zone. And one of the things that they put in The Copyright Zone was the fallacy of using digital or iPhone app based model releases and how they probably wouldn't stand up in a court of law if you needed to get to that point. Do you, do you use, do you guys, both of you guys, do you use those? 
I'm still using a digital release, um, and you know it's the same verbiage. I mean, and I, I had some stuff that Getty um, had for stock, mm-hmm. and it's the and it's the release they originally recommended and were okay with. Okay. So I stuck. And it was with that. A, it's a, when you say digital, is it a PDF that you print out and they sign it, or is it so it's digital, signed digital? They sign with their it, finger on the on the phone. Signed on the finger with the oh. finger, and then it's like I email that to them to them and myself and actually and i have a bcc so it emails to two accounts of mine okay so and you've never had any problems with that at all no okay. no yeah i use easy release yeah uh, same app. one same one yeah. yeah and it yeah it's the getty getty app and it prints out and looks just like the paper version would yeah uh, and no problems ever no problems ever i've never i've never i mean i've had to submit my releases sometimes when i'm doing uh you know publications, but I've never had anybody challenge the, you know, where I've had to have any legal things regarding release. Hmm. Okay. Now, Craig, what about the what about this the the listener question from Joseph Burns here about calculating what to charge a commercial client? How do you do that? Uh, so I I don't typically do much with commercial clients. Uh, I do have a day rate um, that I will charge. Most of mine uh, are images I've already shot and I'm licensing licensing them depending mm-hmm. upon the usage and uh, you know what the reach is how you know is it short term or long term and it sounds like from his question that that's what he's kind of getting at and concerned about um, mm. you, you can it's certainly usage piece of it right you can certainly just charge your hourly rate and if that's enough for you fine just have, give them unlimited rights to use it uh, if he's concerned about it, though, you can then you can do a licensing agreement, and each use could have a different license. So if if they're you know they they come to you and you do the image and they're going to use it for this ad campaign, they can do that. But if they want to use it again next year, they have to come back and negotiate a license with you. Uh, there's a really good um, usage calculator on the website for the Association of Photographers. It's uh, the dash aop.org and they have a usage calculator where you set in what your day rate is and then you set up the period of a license what the media is is it print or digital or uh right what what time frame what territory and it will help calculate um what what you should use for your licensing very cool very cool so then craig continuing on um when you're shooting you do a lot of personal work. You have a, you know, like, we'll link to your stuff, obviously, but you, both of you guys have a vast body of, of work. The models that appear in your, in your work, are you, what, what's the license that you provide to them or that they provide back to you? In other words, do you own the images own, and you're I just own the giving image. it the to them? The model release gives me full control of the image and I can do with it what I, what I would like to do. So okay. uh, the my my obligation to the model is just the the fee we negotiate for the session, and okay. and they have no rights going after that. You know, uh, no. But rights you give to them the you give them image. you give them re- a set of retouched images. I do. And... I give them a set of retouched images which they can use for promotional use. Uh, they can use on their all of their social media and on their portfolio, but they cannot resell it. Do you do any sizing of those? Like, do you create like an Instagram ready, Facebook ready, um, blog ready version? I I uh, I I used to, and it was just too much of a hassle keeping track of them all. So now mm-hmm. I just give them a uh, eight hundred uh, eight hundred pixel uh, seventy two DPI 
uh, medium to low quality JPEG. So it works wow. great for digital. Uh, if they and then I say, if you ever want to print it, come back to me and I will uh, I'll help you print it. And yeah, I, cool. print, I, I print that. it I print it for them, uh, oh. so that they don't have the high resolution file. And then you charge them for that print, don't you? I do charge them for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, actually, it, it, it depends on, on, you know, if it's just one off. And I, I, a lot of my models I work with over and over and over again, and I just yeah. will give them the prints. It's not, prints are, prints are cheap. Yeah. Um, but or I, Instax I have prints had, is a dollar each, right? There you yeah. go. That's, see, that's, that's a little pricey for the mm. size, for the, per square inch. Um, mm-hmm. I have had instances in the past where I, did give them a high resolution images and then they were going and doing prints and selling the prints. So that's why Ooh. I no longer do that. I will do you, the prints been, for them. You've been hurt, haven't you, sir? <laughs> well, I just you've been wronged. Out. Experience is the thing you gain the moment after you don't need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. That's that's brilliant. That's the story of my life right yeah. there. <laughs> that's the story. Craig, Craig, what about you, man? When you're working with your models and you're doing, because you do a lot of just experimental like just playing around in the studio and making great art type work. What's the relationship that you have with the model in terms of licensing? I mean, uh, sorry, Tim. I mean, Tim. Oh, um, it's still a release and I'll still, you know, I try and provide them something that serves them. If it's for, if it's a fashion model and they need some things for their portfolio, um, you know, um, and it's been interesting in the past couple of years. So I'll do some work with a model and then I have clients coming back now and saying, hey, I want that model. Can you mm-hmm. give me that person? So the ones that I've kind of worked with have gotten work in some form through association. Um, and sometimes they're with agencies or not. If they're with an agency, I push them that way. If they're not with an agency, then they can deal with them directly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I get a full release on that stuff. Um, I don't print right now. I'd love to print. Um, maybe I can talk to Craig about printing. Yeah, um, I highly recommend it. I just, yeah, I, I just never get a chance. But, um, yeah, so we, I just, you know, it's kind of portfolio pieces for them. So I have a few of my favorites that I work with, and um, especially if it comes to experimental. And the other thing that's proven out is that doing the experimental things has led to commercial clients requesting that style or that type of stuff. And so I've discovered that it pays off to test and experiment and push um, and I don't want to walk into a commercial client and go, hey, I want to try this today. This is mm. a new thing I just came up yeah. with. Right. So I need to be able to walk in and say, oh, I've proven that. And you know, for me, I want to have executed a technical thing at least three times to validate that I can perform that you know, in the heat of battle. Yeah, that's, that's smart. That's smart. So printing-wise, printing just to close this off, uh, Mr. Colvin – what what you said you print stuff what what's your your printer of choice uh i use the epson 3880 mm-hmm. uh which is a it's a great uh it's the one i have but i have the little i have the the predecessor to that one the 3800 right, right. Yeah. uh great printer um it i it took me a little while to calibrate it and dial it in uh i do my own calibration and own own paper profiles mm-hmm. uh but once i did that and kind of di- dialed in i I love it, and it's quick and easy, and I, uh, I, I print daily. And then, what do you do with those prints that you're printing daily? Are you hanging them up? Are you framing them? Or uh, what are you doing? I, I mat. Well, a lot of them are are. Uh, I have a lot of uh, gallery shows with my prints, and mm-hmm. I'm so I'm constantly printing for that. I mat them, frame them, ship them out. Um, nice. And then I will. I will. 
some of you know my best work I will also just print and mat and just have just the mat in a little uh, it's a little flip stand where you can flip through the the images and I'll put that in the studio. That's cool. For people That's to look cool. at. Yeah, I need yeah. to print. Yeah, it's hey Instax man SP two jump right in there. You could be printing tomorrow. Amazon Prime could have it to you by Wednesday. You could be printing. Well, Wednesday. so then if I cam ranger my picture my the image over to the iPhone, then it's saving it. Then I can print it. Correct. There you, you go. Could. Yeah, there yeah. You, you could print it very small. Yeah, yeah, Craig. That's the thing that it, it's really stopped me from printing. Is I, I I got that printer several years ago. Obviously, I still have a you know a lot of paper for it and ink. And, and, you know, I was just like, you know, you print from it, it's beautiful, and then, it, you know, you put it on the kitchen kitchen counter and look at it, it's like, oh, it's beautiful, now what? Now I got to go frame this thing, or mount it on foam board, or, you know, then I just found it was easier to send the digital file through Rose to Bay Photo, have them mount it on foam board and make it beautiful and send on it back steel. to me on steel or whatever and send it back and it's ready to go. I can hang it right then. That's, it seems like that's, that's cheaper than maintaining a printer and the ink and the paper oh, and the yeah. space and the power. It, it, it actually, if, it depends on the volume that you're doing, right? If you're, yeah. if you're doing, you know, a couple or, you know, four or five a month, Bay Photo is the way to go. Uh, yeah. But I sometimes have shows where I have to print, you know, 40 images and mat them. And it gets cost prohibitive. I can I can print and mat a photo for five dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah like right. that one back, like this one behind me. That's a shot of of one of my little um, my little Lumix cameras. I did like a close macro macro shot of it and blew it up. And I just sent that thing off. <clears throat> I just sent it off to Bay Photo and had them print it. And I get you know where where did I get that frame from? Oh, that's a little cheap IKEA frame. Stuck it in the IKEA frame, looks great, you know, and I can change it out whenever I feel like it. Cost me next to nothing, you know. So, uh, and that's the one thing that's kept me because I've had opportunities for gallery shows, but the, when I look at the cost of printing and framing, I'm like, ugh, I can't. So if I could print mm-hmm. myself, right, yeah, right. So, and the frames are a one-time expense, right? I True. I have forty-two frames, and just you know, constantly swapping images in and out of the frames and shipping them off to the next show. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I want to do is like in my living room, I want to start, I want to do kind of the grid look, you know, and do those kind of grids that Bay Photo has and, and just constantly change them out, you know, or like at least once a month or once every other month or something, you know, to keep it, keep it fresh, keep it fresh. Sure. All right. Well, I hope that answered your question, Mr. Burns, Joseph Burns and listeners, if you have a question you'd like us to try to answer and I, put quotes around the try to answer on the show. Just click on that contact us link at the top of any of the TWIP pages and select TWIP, uh, which is the main show. And you can submit your question or you can submit, you can select any of the shows that we have there and send a message to them. And it goes literally directly to our Slack channel, the TWIP Slack channel internal and everyone involved with that show will get your response instantly. So check that out. All right, guys, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment. This is the segment where you guys can pick anything to recommend to the TWIP Army as long as it is somehow related to photography. Tim Engel of Tim Engel Photo in Sacramento, California. What's your pick of the week? Uh, that's just Engel Photo, by the way. It's just Engel Photo? Just Engel Photo. Oh, I dropped the so, first name. Oh, so you're leaving the legacy for the kids. I see how right. that works. Right. <laughs> so... 
I was looking at my camera bag today and I thought, you know, one thing that I kind of pull out on my spare time and play with is this Tiffin ND filter. And I believe it's 10 stops. Um, I started doing some 30 second exposure stuff during the day. Um, and obviously it does some crazy, you know, some cool stuff with clouds, um, with water and just even there's some landscapes that I did that there would have been people in it. Yeah. But they're basically eliminated and some freeway stuff. I did some freeway work where there would look like there was no cars. Yeah. And so that, you know, that world at, uh, you know, 30 seconds is kind of different. And so it's kind of been a fun project. Um, but actually the past year and a half I've been working on. So the neutral density filter, you know, I look these filters, man, I know they're, they're, they're worth their weight in gold, literally, because look at the price of this thing. It's $225 for a filter. Yes. I'm like, I look at that, I'm like, I could buy an Instax printer for that, you know? It's like, <laughs> but it's, it's a different world, I know. And the other thing I had, I have one of these, and I, I went to New Zealand on this, uh, this workshop with Mr. Trey Radcliffe, and I dropped it. And shattered my filter while in the field. That's the worst feeling ever, man. Especially when you know how much these things cost. It's like, uh, well, and uh, it's a and it's a balancing act because you have to focus, lock yeah. the focus out, carefully screw it on. Yeah, and then you have to, you know. And then the one thing I, in the very beginning, I got it and I left the back viewfinder curtain open, and hadn't didn't realize that that fogged. Oh, coming in. Oh, it's right. And. Yeah, so that was like, I was totally baffled. I kept looking at him like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And so I read online and somebody says, oh, you know, close the back uh, curtain. A lot of people even know that those uh, DSLRs have that little shade that you can flip close to stop the light from coming into the viewfinder. Yeah, and then I use just either, you know, a cable release for the cam ranger to to trigger it. And then with the cam ranger, then I can see the results and kind of like fine tune it and... um. But it's fun. It's I enjoy kind of getting out just on my own and shooting landscapes with that stuff. Yeah. No people. The, uh, the the other the other essential piece of kit to have with you if you're going to start experimenting with long exposures is what tripod. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you unless you have nerves of steel, tripod. <laughs> well, tripod and a camp chair. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. So yeah. You can just sit down with the, with the little control. Because I never do just one 30-second exposure, right? I'm doing, you know, 10 minutes worth. Right? Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, and that adds up in a hurry. Right. So. You know, one of the things that got me interested in, uh, in mirrorless photography was experimenting with long exposures with the Olympus cameras because Olympus, at least the uh, OMD EM5 that I had at the time, it let it has this mode where you can actually see the exposure build over time on the back of the camera. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because so I took it. I took it to San Francisco. You know, like on the on the side of where the where where the ballpark is. Set the camera on the tripod on those rocks, and you know, got the pier the stereotypical pier shot. You know, so I got that shot, and you're just, I'm just sitting there watching it, and you just hold the, the shutter release. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's about right. Click stop. <laughs> And the battery lasts you five minutes. No, it actually lasts a long Did time. It? Yeah, it, nice. Yeah, the battery's really good on those cameras. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I that feature was like okay, now this, this is getting interesting now. <laughs> so, so Tim, but, I had a question. Do you, do you get any uh, any um, color cast with that filter? 
Yeah, I have to white balance it. I, I, don't quote me on I forget what it was that I, I changed it to. But then I, of course, white balance a little bit back in Lightroom to kind of get it where I like it. And a lot of times I go black and white on it. Um, mm. And so it uh, doesn't I, matter. I have three much. different 10-stop filters, and all three of them have, you know, issues. Uh, yeah. One of them, really bad color cast. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm always looking for others. Yeah, yeah, no, this, this, this one sounds really good. Nice. It, it says it also will block a lot of the IR, which causes problems when you're doing long exposures. So I, I may yeah. have to give it a try. Yeah, well, the last, last ND set I bought was uh, was for the drone, Craig, the same drone you and oh, I yeah, both have, right. the Phantom. Yeah, so that you know, so that you can basically yeah. use longer shutter speeds and gives you more more of a pleasing cinematic type image. Um, so yeah, but I have yet to use those. <laughs> They're in my bag. I just haven't used, you know, why I haven't used them, Craig. Maybe you can help me with this live on Twip. I can't get that little, the, that, ah, yes. yeah. the lens thing off of my phantom. I can't, and I'm afraid to try too hard because it's so you, fragile. You break it. Yep. Yep. So I had the same problem and I got online and found somebody recommended wrapping a rubber band around it and hey. using it to pull. And you can just pull straight down, and it'll just twist right off. Okay, so it, is, it, wrap, is it is it is it screwed on, or is it it's, just it is screwed on? Okay, and okay, and so but it's it's screwed on really tight. They, you know, like they why have do some, they do that? I, like, I don't. Well, I know I, why they did it because they want you to break it, so you have to go buy another. <laughs> one. That's right. Uh, but I mean, a lot of it is just it, I, I built the rubber band around it. It made it thicker, and I was actually able just to then uh, I had more leverage. Yeah, with and you just deal with hand pressure. Just, just hand pressure, yeah. Okay, because I was, I was like, I got so frustrated after I got those filters in. I was like, okay, I'm going to the garage. I'm gonna get some pliers. I'm getting this thing off one way or yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> I wouldn't grips. recommend that. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> Vice grips, yeah. <laughs> Vice grips, a little WD forty. Anything will come off, man. <laughs> but all my images are soft now. <laughs> I know. I can't understand it. I don't know what's going on. All distorted too. All right, Craig, uh, it's your turn, man. What's your pick of the week? All right, mine is called uh, Palette. And uh, what it is is a, a palettegear.com. It is uh, USB buttons, sliders, and dials that you hook up to your computer. And it's a panel that sits off to the side of the keyboard. And it integrates with all the Adobe products, Lightroom, Premiere, Photoshop, mm-hmm. uh, and allows you to, you can customize each of those sliders and buttons to do whatever you'd like. So the exposure slider, the clarity slider in Lightroom. Hmm. Uh, you can use the buttons to do pick and, and color coding. Uh, oh, that's kind of cool. Was it this? I, I seem to remember this being a Kickstarter. Was yeah, it? it was a Kickstarter. Uh, they had it, at, I saw it at WPPI. They had a booth there. They just started shipping uh, two weeks ago. So I, I bought it at WPPI and just received it. Uh, and, and you've used it? You've, oh you've yeah, I, I use it. I use it constantly now. Um, I'm, I'm hooked. Go, so give me, give us an idea of the workflow with it, because I'm looking at it on the screen here, and I'm thinking that looks like a lot of stuff when I could just you know click and drag well, my so mouse. So the, the what I found is I I was constantly moving my mouse back and forth, especially in Lightroom. Uh, to go to all the sliders, and you have to be you know precise and click right on the slider. And with this, it, because it's tactile, uh, my hand is just over on the side, and I can very quickly adjust you know three, four different things in seconds, as opposed to having to go to all of those sliders point with my mouse in Lightroom. 
Uh-huh. And I'm looking at the video. I'm showing the video on the screen here. It uh, it looks infinitely configurable because you They're can just keep Mac, buying so these things. Right? I don't know if you can. Uh, well, if you yeah, switch to my screen. Sure. Yeah. There you go. So they're magnetic, um, and they just attach to each other. So you can change the configuration all you would like. Hmm. Right. Oh, look at that. They also okay. they all light up, and you can change the color that you would like them to be. So I can have these two be red and these two be blue. It auto detects when you switch between apps and changes the configuration of all of the all of the buttons. Uh, and yeah. has a little has a little cheat sheet that pops up on the screen as well, so you can remember until you've learned what each one's going to do. Um, it, I in Photoshop, I love. I have two of the dials here. One's for uh, brush size. One's for brush softness. And mm-hmm. instead of going to the keyboard and doing that, or or uh, you know, huh. I can very quickly do it. I. The one thing it does not seem to do, and I haven't figured out how, or haven't figured out how to do, is I would like for one of these to do opacity as well on the brush. Mm. I can mm. you can do opacity on the on a layer, but I haven't figured out how to do opacity on a brush. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm ordering more of these. I don't have enough buttons and dials for what I would like really? to do. Really, really, yeah. I'm looking at their pricing page right now. It's like a photo DJ. That's it what is. I was going to say. Yeah, especially with those headphones you have on, Craig. Yeah. They just, you know. <laughs> well, they, they also, they work with uh, music apps as well. MIDI uh, oh. and MIDI controllers and all of that. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> and I would assume probably video editing as well, right? Correct. Like as yep. a scrubber back and forth? Yep. Yeah, so pricing, uh, $199 for the starter kit and I got and the I, I got the expert kit plus an extra dial. So you got you got this thing the plus was one of the, oh, another an extra dial okay which, this, uh, this guy down here the uh, multifunction dial right and what's the arcade style button oh this is just a regular button it's just so a like regular a, button yep so I uh, use that in uh, Lightroom um, I I set it up so that it will pick, do a uh, pick or reject so one button for reject one oh, button right. for pick and auto advance so then I can just you know, hit the buttons and go through my photos. I mean, it, it, that's easy enough to do on the keyboard, but since I have this, you know, why not? Okay. So. You know what? I wish I hadn't scrolled to the bottom. Oh, the, of the, bottom. <laughs> the wood one, yeah. <laughs> they have them in wood, and they got me with limited edition. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Make them wood, make them glass, make them titanium, you know. It's They're wood, and they light up. Frederickson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have a desk with these built into the desk or like have a recess in the desk so that you could kind of, you know, have them sit flush with the desk or something. That would be killer. Yeah. Huh. Tim, project. Nice. <laughs> that is cool. Look at that pick of the week. And you just got that, right, Craig? So yeah, you're still... a couple weeks old, yeah. Yeah, and you're still happy with it after a couple weeks. Yep. That says a lot. Well, we could all get different buttons, and then when we get together, we can like merge them all and do big things. Yeah, like Voltron. Right? That's right. right. Done. All right. Uh, my pick of the week is I'm actually recycling a pick of the week. Aaron Nace from Flern.com, P-H-L-E-A-R-N.com, was on the, uh, the show a couple weeks ago. And he mentioned this thing. You can see it right there. Which way is which way is up? There you go. It's called Nix, and it is. You know, when Aaron showed it, I thought it was cool. But then when I got one and played with it, and they sent this over for me to test, I think I have to send this back. But um, the, I I finally got it. I understood this thing. Basically, the gist of it is you 
put this on any surface, anything, you know, the wall, anything, and it will communicate with its app on your phone and give you the exact color of what that thing is, like, in precisely. So, which is, I mean, you think about it from a graphic, um, I have a graphic design background, and this is, like, magic for that. That's crazy. Because you think, a lot of people say, well, how come I just can't take a photo of something and then sample that photo, the color, because it's always different, you know? You, you, you'll never get accurate color because the, the surrounding light sources contaminate it, and it's never right. This thing blocks out all external light with, and then takes essentially a photo of it and then tells you what color that is instantly. So when I first got this, I was, I was you know, when I was a kid, I, you know, I was a, how old was I, like, I don't know, six or something, I discovered masking tape. And everything in the house needed tape on it at that point. <laughs> when I got, they called me the yeah. mad taper. Did you ever get a label maker? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I do. <have laughs> a label maker. You label everything. Dude, dude, these drawers behind me had labels on them, and I had to resist and take them off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I'm the mad color sampler with this thing. Everything I like. Oh, what what Pantone color is that? Like, if you want to know what the what the Tiffany's box color is exactly, because you want to use it in the website design. You can get it now, you know? It's in this. Any color you want. And this thing is rugged. The batteries last, you know, it charges up. It has an internal battery. There's a little USB port on there. You charge it that way. And it will last forever, you know? You just throw it in your bag and just use it whenever you want. Run the app and sample color. So as as a creative, this is like, you know, you kind of got to have one of these. <laughs> it's like, you got to have one. So sorry, Tim. I know you're going to order <laughs> Now I have dials and color checkers and all this stuff coming. Welcome to Twip World, man. Oh. It's uh, you know we we like to buy reconfigured atoms from time to time. <laughs> so I still right. don't have the new drone, so I've resisted that. Oh, we'll work Why on you. Though, you have oh yeah, you had to have a drone. You gotta have a drone. But remember, dude. I had the first. I had like version one or two. You did, yeah. You beat us all. You beat so us all. I was all. there. I was there and used it and crashed it way before you even thought about it. You totally did. You totally did. Yeah, yeah. I'm still happy with my Phantom 3, though. You know, I know somebody on the show, not you, Tim, and not me, someone on the show decided that their drone was a submarine. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, not, well, yeah. <laughs> Tell us the story, Craig, about the amazing I, I would float, not. floating drone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you embarrassed? I, I uh, yeah, well, I, I, should not have been doing what I was doing. I, uh, I, I could not see the drone, and I was out over a river taking a uh, photograph of a, a video of my friend, and yeah. I backed away from him, and uh, I stopped. Turns out I was like a half inch from a tree. And, and my friends go, you know, you're awfully close to that tree. I say, okay, I'll move away, and I, I hit the, the stick the wrong direction. Oh. Went right into the tree, splashed in the water. Oh. Uh. And luckily, it it splashed six inches from shore, so I was able to retrieve it because it dropped off to thirty feet deep in a really fast moving river. Uh, This was the the Schutz River up in Oregon, so I was able to pull it out. Uh, The hotel, the motel where we were staying, I went and asked them for rice, a bag of rice, and they gave me the rice they used for weddings for them to throw, and gave me a big garbage bag, and I put the drone in it, tied it off. Set it in our vehicle. We were going on a float trip for four days down the river. Got back. It nope, no issues with it. Wow! And it, it, flies, it flies. No problem. It still flies. No problem. And the pictures are <sighs> fine. And the pictures are fine. Okay. Everything's okay. 
Wow. wow. So you that, dodged a bullet. I got big, yeah. big, big time. I got lucky. I can, I can almost guarantee if that was salt water, you would have been. Oh, yeah. Well, this is, <laughs> this is really fresh. I mean, mountain runoff water coming off Mount Hood. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 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 I've had, I've had, I've never taken a bath like that, but I've, uh, I've had close calls over water. Tim, you remember. Right? I was there. <laughs> Yeah, so I was very close to where you were, only mine did not go into water. And mine was worse, Craig, because mine, I was out of battery. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. And over water and inexperienced flying. And yep. and I had Tim Ingle streaming me live on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the descent of death as it yeah. dropped. Nice. I just start like, your hands just start shaking. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't control it. And left is right and right is left. And, you know, you just, you know, when you're nervous... I, I I really admire pilots, right? Because it, when you're nervous, those controls oh, don't yeah. make sense anymore. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you just you're just, I don't know. Just come back. You just start moving stuff. So. Yeah, his Apple Watch and his blood pressure was like spiking. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, if, yeah. Because when we stopped, I just held my hand like this, and it was just like. Yeah. Shake it like yep. that. I was like, oh man. And I had just gotten it not you know a couple weeks ago. Yep. A couple weeks prior. Yep. So yeah, and that would have been just. A bad scene all around. All right, well, that's my pick. My pick is the Knicks. Uh, go check it out. We'll put a link to it in the uh, in the show notes for this episode. And uh, yeah, I know you guys are going to go buy this after yeah, we. Yeah. Well, how, how much is it? I'm just adding up all the things I'm buying here. Uh, I'm not sure. This is this is this is a, a press oh, unit. Got, I have to oh, send it back. Nice. Yeah. yeah I so. think we're at three forty nine, Frederick. Okay. Oh, total of stuff that you have to buy. No, the Knicks is three forty nine. Oh, this is ooh, wow! It is a diamond. <laughs> wow, look at that! It's a black diamond too. Look at that. All right, um, cool. All right, guys, we are at the end. God, this, these shows go so quick. Um, we're at the end of another episode of this week in photo. Tim, what's going on in your world, man? What do you have coming up? Um, corporate work. Um, I have uh, kind of a business bureau for a city that I need to do features featured businesses to photograph and how do you charge those people what, what's the mechanism you use to charge them day rate no i mean like online to use because when i do stuff like that i use fresh books and i oh you know invoice them that way do what do you, what do you use for the back end i'm still using um quickbooks okay yes yeah, very similar so i mean i could do it all in um in uh, Blinkbid, mm-hmm. but i just have been in, in quickbooks for so long that i just translate it over to that and push it out yeah yeah same here well, well i'm I like FreshBooks. I was using FreshBooks before they were a sponsor on the network, and they it just works. You know, you get clients in there, make an invoice, all the line items are there, boom. You, 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 can, you can even have them mail the invoice to them as well as send them a PDF, like snail mail, <laughs> so, which is kind of cool. Craig, what do, what do you use for invoicing? Um, I use QuickBooks as well. QuickBooks? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm not leaving FreshBooks. I don't, do an, I don't do enough to justify FreshBooks. You know, I'm... I, like, I'm, I'm laced. Yeah. Few, Why is it more few, expensive? Uh, yeah, you have to pay, pay a monthly charge for both. Oh, I, and you don't with QuickBooks? Well, I already, I already have QuickBooks for my other businesses. Oh, yeah, so I, see. I, just, I see. I own the software, so it just is there. So yeah, yeah. FreshBooks, there's no software. It's cloud. It's all yeah. in the cloud. Which I like <laughs> the idea, and I, w- I would, I would be into the idea of doing it from my phone or iPad at a more rapid mm-hmm. pace. So which is QuickBooks Online, which I have yet to do, but. Yeah. I think that's actually in the next six months I'm going to move over to that. So, But other than that, I have um, just some personal projects. I'm I'm working on some natural light series actually Wednesday and Thursday this week. Um, 
And um, I was at the coast this weekend scouting over in Bodega Bay and had family time. And cool. So I have I have some spots for us. All three of us. We should all meet I, in yep. the middle. Let's do it, Voltron. Cool. Let's make yeah. it happen. I'm available Tuesday. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you, you guys, bring your drones. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll bring my drone. Craig will bring drone a submarine, wars. and we'll yeah. rock it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. Uh, awesome. All right. What's uh, what's next for you, Craig Colvin? Uh, I'm headed off to Utah to shoot um, three models over five days. Ooh, uh, nice on the rock formations and all that. Do, and I'm going to try to finish off my uh, on the rock series. Uh, I'm doing mm-hmm. a book project on that. And this is will... that is that part of the series that we did when we went out yep, to? Yep, you've been on we're, one of those shoots, uh, Valley of Fire in Vegas. Valley of Fire right? in Las Vegas, yeah, yeah. with the two yep. models, yeah. And you you took some behind the scene video there. I did. Uh, yep. So I'm doing with this. With, I'm doing this with a group. One of the models has arranged this. It's called Utah Adventure, and mm-hmm. they uh, they book the models. They get the hotels. They've scouted all the locations. Uh, I did this with them in May, and. Uh, Got so many great photos and such great locations uh, that I'm going back in September. Uh, it was very cool. Yeah, very worthwhile. Um, normally, on one of these, I'm I'm trying to get, uh, you know, from from a given venue to portfolio worthy photos. Yeah. Um, and and oh, you know, over the five days, I would like to get one award winner. Well, I got three award winners and. 30 portfolio-worthy photos out of this one trip. Just the locations were awesome. Um, the models uh, all, let's see, they have six different models. They have three trips, three models each trip. Uh, I've worked with five of the six models. They're all top-quality, professional, been doing this, you know, really know their stuff, really know how to pose. Um, so I'm going to go do it again. How many photographers per outing, then? Uh, for mine, it was five. They, six is the maximum. Two uh, two-to-one uh, photographer-model ratio. Good. So you're yeah. able to get some shots that are yours, basically? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And a lot of times it was just, you know, uh, one-on-one with the model. Uh, I'd say over half the time. So it's, uh, it's a great else, trip. What else you got coming up, man? Um, well, I'm going I'm to do some uh, uh, begin production on the, some lighting tutorial videos. Uh, yeah. I got and where are those going to live? Where are those? Uh, I think it's something called uh, Twip School. Yes, yeah. I've heard of yeah. it. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's all the rays these so days. Anyway, all I, the kids I, are talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> all uh, the cool kids. Anyway, I'm, they're I'm, not Pokemon hunting. I'm looking forward to getting started on those and getting them up on the uh, on the school. That's uh, and then uh, any anybody who happens to, uh, trip listener happens to be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I have a uh, uh, sh- couple images up at uh, Black Earth Gallery, mm. um, and that sh- that started today and will be running through. Uh, end of September, I believe. It's what they the the show is called Peep Show. Nice. So it's a all nude. Uh, it you know I think there's 22 different photographers uh, showing images. That's cool. Yeah, I'm on the site now. Very cool. So anyway, that's awesome. that's what I'm up to. Very cool. You guys are busy, 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 busy. All right. Well, that brings us up to the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. Like Craig mentioned, soon he will have courses in the brand new TWIP School, which you can find at twipschool.com. You can check out our website that goes with this podcast at thisweekinphoto.com to subscribe to this show and our other shows. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, 
I am now on Snapchat, by the way. <laughs> I'm giving you guys crap for Pokemon Go, <clears throat> and I'm on Snapchat. It's actually kind of fun. I, like I was it. there, I think, that day, so. Yeah, yes, I am on Snapchat. No, no, I was on Snapchat before then, okay. but I, you know, I'm just starting to use it a little bit more. I just, I, I can't, I gotta, I gotta break the nut of chronicling my entire life for the world. I, I, don't, I don't know where the fun in that is yet. <laughs> well, I think you face swap some stuff too, so you know. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun, but just, just like, like people that I'm following on Snapchat, like every morning, good morning, Snapchat, you know, hey, I'm jumping in the shower, here's my bacon, I'm getting in the car, <laughs> look at traffic, you I'm getting to, out of the car, you know, like, how need, do you... We need to work on who you're following. I think I guess I guess because I'm like, how do you find the time to do this kind of stuff? Even one of the one of the the exa- good examples of Snapchat usage is Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, uh, he is a he's a you know, if you don't know who Gary is, then you know you you need to go find out who <laughs> search Gary is. Snapchat for him. Yeah, Gary Gary's amazing. He's prolific. He's written you know several books that I've read on social media marketing, and he just knows how to do stuff. He's the guy that started Wine Library TV. And then went on to do several other things. He's a boisterous, outspoken, and not afraid to tell it like it is internet celebrity. So, yeah, definitely check him out. So he's enjoyable to watch on online. Also, uh, Destin, Destin, who's an internet, he's a, a YouTube celeb. He does a show on YouTube called Smarter Every Day, which is awesome. I got to meet him in the White House when I went to the White House a couple uh, at the beginning of the year. And he uh, he's on Snapchat, and he does really interesting things, too. Like, he'll go on trips and give people glimpses into the trips. But I don't do that first. I don't do that much interesting stuff, A. And B, I don't want to let people into my everyday boringness. <laughs> so I don't know who would be interested in what Frederick is having for breakfast today. So, I don't know. So, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to embrace the stuff and not be a curmudgeon, but it's hard. <laughs> Every day it gets harder. <laughs> I don't know. But if I guess the moral of the story is if you're on Snapchat, follow me. I'm Frederick Van on Snapchat. Just search and you'll find me. And we'll put one of those little Snapchat um logos in the show notes so you can scan it with your phone and find it. Should I Snapchat this then? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. I was just do about it. to do I the same you. thing. <laughs> oh, you guys are both of you are on Snapchat. <laughs> See where where am I? Under a rock? I'm like what is going on? You well, you don't have any teenage wait, kids. Wait. Wait, wait, look at that. Yeah, wait. there you go. Nice. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you can't. It's not enough resolution for people to see it and snap that, is it? Yeah, look at that. All right. Yeah. Snapchat. Are you snapping right now? Tim? I snapped. You snapped? I've snapped. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I like the face recognition and all that stuff. That's kind of cool where it does the, you know, puts little masks and stuff on you. And I think that that's cool. I'm not, not a big fan of the news gathering they're trying to do, but the... Uh, some of the special effects are pretty cool. Snapchat, Frederick Van. Tim Engel, what's your Snapchat name? Tim Engel. Wow, creative. Craig Colvin, let me guess. Craig Colvin. <laughs> Look at that. I love it. The old men's Snapchat names <laughs> is generally their names. <laughs> so, cool. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Guys and listeners, if you're watching us on YouTube, please comment, like, and subscribe to the show that uh, that keeps us going and lets us know what to uh, what to produce for you going forward. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off.
Republican Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.